It's a special Procrastinating Best Of episode. Bakers, we've mentioned that this season we've been interested in learning about alternative baking methods to accommodate different dietary needs. Today for our alternative baking segment, we have Brittany Baker joining us to discuss her company, FOMO Baking, and allergen-free baking. Welcome, Brittany. Thank you for having me. We're excited that you're here. I have to ask, um, it's kind of an awkward first question, but I find it very interesting. When people have names that match their career, for example, my plumber's name is Mr. Waters. So is Baker your actual last name? Baker is my actual last name. Um, When my husband and I met, I was still a lawyer and baking was really just something I did as a hobby and, you know, a pipe dream when I was sitting at the office for the 18th hour in a row. Um, But that is my real legal last name. (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) That is awesome. So, Brittany, you have had a really interesting journey towards allergen-free baking, and we were wondering if you could give our listeners a brief summary of what led you to start baking that way. Of course. So, my journey for me began about a decade ago. During my second year of law school, I was diagnosed with celiac disease back before being gluten-free was trendy and back before people even really talked about gluten or the buzzword is today. And so I started to cook and bake a lot for myself back then just because there wasn't a lot out in the marketplace that I could safely eat. Um, Today, it's much easier to find products. Um, If you walk up and down any supermarket, there are specialty items all the time catering to different dietary needs, but a decade ago, that wasn't the case. And um, I really started to love it. And as I'd mentioned, it was kind of always my pipe dream. And in the condensed version of the story, um, ultimately, after my daughter was born and I was debating whether or not to go back to my career as a lawyer, Um, I ultimately decided that I wanted to do something that I felt so passionate about. And originally, I'd been thinking about just doing something with a dedicated gluten-free bakery, which truthfully, there are a ton of, especially in the New York tri-state area. Um, But when I started to do more market research and realize how many people are affected by not only celiac disease, but other food intolerances and allergies, Um, It seems that there was nothing out there that was shipping nationwide fresh baked products that had none of the major allergens, the top eight in them. And so that was kind of the need that I was really hoping to fill so that no matter where in the country you live, even if you don't have a dedicated allergen-free bakery, um, and we can talk more about why being a dedicated bakery is so important for cross-contamination reasons. Um, but I wanted people, no matter where they live, no matter what kind of dedicated facilities were near them, that they could safely eat treats that were fresh baked and weren't the typical, you know, packaged products that sit on the supermarket shelf with a six-month shelf life. Gotcha. That's really interesting. So really just wanting to make things more accessible to everyone, because I, like you mentioned, I'm sure there's a lot you can access in the New York area, but yeah, it's great to, the idea of making it accessible to people all across the country. Yep. And even, even within New York, I don't believe there's any that are fully dedicated top eight free. Um, they're definitely vegan with gluten-free options or nut-free, um, but it's really for people that suffer from more than one of these allergies or restrictions 
it's very hard to find something that's fully safe. For instance, the nut-free bakery I know of in New York City has gluten-free options, but it's not a dedicated gluten-free facility. So somebody like myself would have trouble eating from there. Um, and, you know, the name FOMO is a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but it kind of hits the nail on the head that I really wanted something that nobody has to be left out of. Um, you know, to be as inclusive as possible. Yeah, I love the name you chose for your company, The Fear of Missing Out. I think that ties in perfectly with the allergies and it's got that like catchiness to it that people are really liking these days. Um, and then FOMO, of course, is just a popular phrase. Um, so I, when I saw that was your bakery name, I thought that was really... Thank you. Brittany, what are some... I'm sure that it's been like a lot of trial and error to find ingredient substitutes that would work well with the recipes. So... Um, in that process, what are some ingredient substitutes that you found you really like um, and some that maybe you don't like as much? Um, you know, I think every ingredient has its, you know, purpose and it has something it's good for. So I don't mean to knock any particular ingredients. I know something that I struggled with in formulating the recipes was figuring out what flour blend would work well for the products. And when you're not baking with traditional flour, I'm not sure how much experience either of you have with gluten-free baking, um, but there's definitely pros and cons to all of the alternative gluten-free flours you could use. And when you combine them, sometimes they have a stronger taste or a more mild taste. Um, for the cookie and brownie bites that I make in particular, I remember when I tried to use teff flour as one of the um, flour subs, it was just absolutely terrible. Um, and I have baked with teff for other purposes, you know, at home for the fun of it for myself. So it's definitely a great flour to use in, you know, certain products. But that was one in particular that I was like, oh boy, like I'm never even going to try this one again. Um, it was just awful. Um, and, you know, that was kind of one of the things that I struggled with because in gluten-free baking, I had no problem consuming nuts and so many gluten-free recipes that I use, you know, just at home. We'll use almond flour, which is a really mm -hmm. great sub for gluten-free products. Mm -hmm. But obviously, when you're catering to a nut-free audience as well, that wasn't an option. So um, it really was a lot of trial and error just to figure out, you know, what worked well for texture and taste and for overall composition, um, especially because, you know, flour is just one of the ingredients. It was finding replacements for what would serve the purpose of an egg or what would serve the purpose of butter um, or for the cookie cakes, you know, how do you make a buttercream icing with no dairy? Um, and right. especially because most of, you know, if you Google vegan buttercream icing recipes, pretty much every hit you're going to see is going to call for either a butter substitute um, like Earth Balance, which has soy in it, or it'll call for coconut oil. Um, and obviously, I wouldn't be using either of those. Um, so, you know, it was really fun, but it took about a year and a half of just trying different ingredients out and combining them and baking them and seeing, you know, how they tasted and how they held up over time, um, to ultimately come to the recipes because it was a bit of a challenge when you're, you know, getting rid of so many of the traditional ingredients at once. Um, Brittany, I feel like there's kind of two different personalities. Um, are you, do you enjoy that tinkering process or is that just more of a means of means to an end for you? I enjoy it to some extent. Like I'm not going to say that it was never frustrating at times, um, especially with something like baking, because it's not like you experiment and you try it and five minutes later, you know how it is, you know, you spend right. easily an hour and a half making a recipe, letting it bake, letting it cool. And 
when, you know, I would have days in a row of things not turning out exactly how I wanted them to, um, it was frustrating. But ultimately, you know, it was very rewarding and very well worth it. And one of my favorite things that I've done with the products is um, before FOMO actually launched, there would be times where if I had people over or my daughter's first birthday party, for example, I just put out a platter of them and I didn't say a word. Most people that were there didn't know what they were. And after they were all gone, I started to tell people that, you know, they were gluten-free, dairy-free, free, nut-free, soy-free. Watching people's reactions to that is just amazing because so many times products that are allergen-free or gluten-free or vegan kind of get a bad rap and people have these preconceived notions of what they think they're going to taste like. Um, and I love proving people wrong with that. There's no better compliment than people saying they didn't know that this was allergen-free. And that's really kind of at the heart of what FOMO baking is about um, because I wanted it to be something where if you're having a birthday party for your child, you could serve the 50-pack to all of the kids and everyone enjoy them together. And the kid or the kids that have the allergies aren't going to feel left out because they're eating a separate dessert that their parents brought from home. Um, but at the same time, the kids that don't have the allergies don't feel like missing out on something delicious or they're settling. Yes. Um, we just did a taste test video, um, that we're going to put up on our Instagram when closer to when the episode airs. And we had that same experience when we tried your bites. Um, I was nervous cause I had some allergen free baking that tasted like cardboard. <laughs> and so I admitted that in the video and then we tasted yours and I was, I would buy these. Like I don't have any allergy needs, but especially the brownie ones. It's like I could just buy these just to have in a pantry as a snack. Yeah, and, and that's that was really the goal. And it's funny that you use the word cardboard because I don't I don't mean to be insulting, but especially in the gluten free world, um, things are getting better now. But especially back when I was first diagnosed, so many products taste like cardboard, and there's nothing more disappointing um, than you know I'd be craving something, I'd find a product, and I'd be so excited to bring it home, and I would take a bite, and it's like. Ugh, like this is not what I was hoping for, especially because I was diagnosed as an adult. So for certain products, I remember what the real things taste like. And I'm not saying that, you know, gluten-free or allergen-free isn't real. Um, you know, I use that term casually just to denote things that are made with the more traditional ingredients. Right. Um, but it was kind of with that basis in mind that I never wanted somebody to taste the FOMO baking products and have that reaction of, Ugh, like, you know, I was really hoping for something different. I wanted the experience to be, oh my gosh, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Yeah, I really, um, in addition to the brownie bars, I really enjoyed the snickerdoodle. I think that was probably my favorite one. I could eat those all in one sitting. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I love watching and seeing what people like. I think that, you know, it's been less than a year since we launched, but I was always wondering if there was going to be one flavor that seemed to be the favorite amongst people. And it really seems that people gravitate towards what their interests, are. you know, the really chocolate lovers love the brownies and the people that are not so into chocolate tend to stick more with the sugar, the snickerdoodle. And um, when customers first discover us, a lot of times they'll start off ordering a FOMO or a classic which have either four or six of the flavors all together so they can try, you know, the different flavors all at once. 
And then it's kind of fun when you watch them reorder to see which ones are their favorites and which flavors do they keep going back to. Um, Because people definitely tend to gravitate towards certain flavors, but there's no one flavor in particular that the most people want. That's interesting. Yeah. Is there a certification process to become an allergen-free bakery or is that more of a declaration? So it's more of a declaration. It's interesting. So for typical packaged products, um, there are certifications to become certified vegan or certified gluten-free, which are often processes that involve um, more mass production. You know, it involves testing different lot lines. And um, right now, you know, FOMO baking is my, you know, my baby in addition to my real child. Uh, (laughs) My real child that I'm due again in a couple months, but FOMO baking is my other child. And um, right now it's just me. So everything's made by hand and there are no production lines. There are no lot lines. There's nothing mass produced. So for me, it wasn't an option to become certified. Um, But it's also interesting. I'm not sure how familiar you both are with kind of the regulatory environment in the United States with allergen labeling. But right now the FDA doesn't actually regulate any allergen-free claims other than gluten-free. So being gluten-free is actually defined as having less than 20 parts per million. But when you look at being nut-free or egg-free or soy-free or any other of the top eight allergen-free, there's no definition and there's no standard. And Prior to launching FOMO Baking, I had a lot of casual conversations with people with allergies and people who have children that have allergies just to try to get a better understanding of what it is people struggle with and what people would want to see out in the marketplace. And I think that the lack of transparency for a lot of companies is very difficult for a lot of people and a lot of families mm-hmm. because especially for somebody who has an autoimmune condition like celiac disease or has an allergy, especially a serious anaphylactic allergy. Mm -hmm. um, A lot of times people can't tolerate cross-contamination or products made on shared equipment. And that's something that's totally unregulated. So it's up to the individual companies as to whether or not they want to disclose if a product is made on shared equipment or in a shared facility. And so for a lot of people and a lot of families, they actually have to spend, you know, hours upon hours calling companies trying to get this information to determine whether or not the products are safe for them. And that was one of the things that upon creating FOMO Baking, I wanted to be as transparent as possible. So I'm very vocal about the fact that um, the kitchen that I built is a completely dedicated facility that was built from scratch with all brand new equipment and that there are no allergens present in the facility And that's taken to such an extreme level. The first thing that I do upon walking in every morning is going and changing my clothes just in case I had a cup of coffee or I ate breakfast at home prior um, to coming to the bakery so that, you know, even if I dropped a speck of food, I'm changing my clothing before I even enter the kitchen. And there's nothing allowed in the facility other than water. So um, there's no eating, there's no drinking, there's no coffee. Um, because I want to make it as safe from potential cross-contamination as possible. Mm-hmm. And I want people to know that. So, you know, in a similar vein to that, if you go on our website, under each product page, every single ingredient is listed because it shouldn't be a struggle. You know, 
I can easily say that we're top eight allergen free and we don't use testimony in our facility at all or in our product. But I'm very well aware that people have plenty other allergies and intolerances other than those ingredients. And I don't want people to have to spend time to try to figure out if something's safe. You know, I wanted it to be that they could quickly glance at a website and see exactly what's in their product and not have to worry about what they don't know about. Absolutely. Brittany, you, um, in talking about just the care that you put into making sure there's no cross-contamination, um, could you talk a little bit more about just the, the day-to-day of running the, the bakery um, or running the company and what that looks like? Are you the sole person kind of baking and managing anything, everything, or do you have other people who come and help you? It's just me right now. I actually, I just hired somebody to help me part-time and to help me um, once I give birth, since I know that realistically there's going to be at least a few weeks that I'm not going to be able to bake. Um, One of the things that people are kind of the most surprised about is just how physical it is. All of our ingredients are pretty much in 50 pound bags. Um, And at that, at this point at almost 30 weeks pregnant, there's just some physical limitations I'm having. Um, So I kind of reached the point where I was like, I need some help. I can't do this on my own right now. Um, But um, I pretty much wear all of the hats. So it's, you know, certain days um, I'm just, you know, trying to bake all the flavors and get the orders out. Everything we do is baked fresh to order. So it's not like if you place an order online, I have a stash of a thousand cookies that I ship out immediately. Everything's baked fresh and then shipped. Um, So I spend a great deal of time baking, um, but then I also spend a lot of time um, speaking with customers. Anytime somebody calls with a question about a product or about an ingredient, I really want people to feel as safe and comfortable as possible. So I give as much information as I can, but then when somebody calls and they say, you know, I know you said that all of your ingredients come from a dedicated facility or a dedicated line, but I just want to double check. I'll give them the names of, you know, wherever we get the ingredients they're curious about from, because I want people to feel comfortable above all else. Um, you know, I want people to love the products and I'm so proud of how they taste and how much people love them. But I also want people to feel safe. And I don't want people to have to worry about the unknowns since I know from speaking with so many people and so many families, that's such a source of stress and cookies are supposed to be a fun, happy thing. You know, <laughs> there doesn't need to yes. be. <laughs> um, but so it, it's been interesting. You know, I went from being a lawyer and not that my day was always the same, but it was very much a desk job and, you know, spending a lot of time writing and reading Um, to doing, you know, so many different things and so many roles that are just more creative than what I'm typically used to and dealing with social media and, you know, trying to get the word out about the company and dealing with customer service. And um, it's kind of like if the hat exists, I wear it at one point or another, but it's also what keeps it interesting. Yeah. Speaking of um, social media, do you have any favorite like baking blogs or websites accounts that are specific to alternative baking that you would recommend to others? I honestly really don't. You know, I have, I'm kind of old fashioned. I do have a lot of of cookbooks um, when I'm at home baking, but most of those are really, all of those are gluten-free cookbooks just because in my own personal life, I don't have additional dietary restrictions. Um, So I'm always kind of looking for new things. I find that a lot of times with my own home baking, I can find, you know, if I find one cookbook that I absolutely love, 
I'll find that, you know, I'll tend to love a lot of different recipes from the same cookbook. But, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a struggle to kind of find what you like and find what works for you. Yeah. Brittany, do you bake at all with your daughter? I do a little. I mean, she's only two and a half. Um, so she's, she likes to try to help me. Um, she's obviously, she's not able to come to the commercial bakery with me. Right. Um, but when we're, she loves cookies and it's funny because she loves the FOMO baking bites. And there are times where I'll offer her, you know, a real traditional cookie or donut and she'll ask to have one of my bites instead, um, which is adorable and I love. Um, but, um, we, we bake together at home for the fun of it, especially we've been spending so much time at home, um, since, you know, the pandemic started in March that a lot of times, you know, if I'm craving a bagel, we'll make bagels or we'll make muffins, or we went through the phase of banana bread with the rest of the world. Um, (laughs) And, um, most of her helping involves stirring at this point. Um, she likes to stir things and, you know, it's a little less messy than trying to teach her to crack an egg. Um, but I do like that we have one of those um, toddler towers so she can kind of get up and stand on it and be at counter height. And she likes, you know, helping or if we're making, we made banana chocolate chip muffins. She'll like sprinkling the chocolate chips in. Um, so I like that she likes it. She's She's little, but she has a little bit of understanding. And she knows that when mommy goes to work, she goes to bake and then she brings home cookies. So she likes that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think she really knows what I do, but she likes that cookies appear a lot of nights. So (laughs) I think she views that as a win. Mommy has a magical job. (laughs) (laughs) How can listeners order your cookies? So everything is direct to consumer from us. So anyone anywhere in the country can go to FOMO, F-O-M-O, baking.com. And um, everything, as I mentioned, is baked fresh and then shipped directly to the customer. So they're getting it pretty much as fresh as it can possibly be. Um, And as you know, since you've now tasted them, um, they taste more like what you would go and get from a local bakery than from than the traditional packaged cookie that's, you know, crispier and a little bit more crumbly. Um, that you would buy from a supermarket. They definitely do. Yeah, I love that you ship them out fresh and don't just have them sitting there to pull off the shelf. Yeah, and they're also the perfect size too. We were talking about them. We were tasting them. Like if you want a quick treat or like you mentioned, having them for a birthday party for children, they're just like the perfect size for that. I'm glad you like them. Okay, so we have one final question. We've enjoyed asking this to all of our guests at the end of our interviews. So if you were a dessert, what would you be? That is a really hard question. (laughs) I I love cookies, clearly. Um, So that's one of my favorites, and it will always be one of my favorites, as are brownies. I think, honestly, what I've been craving lately and I do need to make, um, and this is the downside of having celiac disease and being pregnant because you can't just, you know, go and find whatever it is you're craving – because it's fall, because everywhere I look, I keep seeing apple cider donuts. Mm. Um, I think that's what I'd have to go with for right now. I think, you know, cookies and brownies are my ultimate favorite. And that's why at some point I hope to be able to expand the product offering that FOMO Baking has to include other desserts. Um, But I started with cookies and brownies because those I just feel like are the staples and they just serve so many different purposes and there's so many different flavors for each craving. Um, 
But if I'm going to get more creative with my answer and not give the easy one that I, I would be what I'd be <laughs> Um, right now I'd have to go with, you know, an apple cider donut just because it's that time of year, you know, pumpkin picking and apple picking. Absolutely. That's a great answer. That's one we haven't gotten before. So that's <laughs> it hasn't been fall long enough. I feel like if you give it another week or two, more people will have to answer. Once the leaves start changing a little more. <laughs> Well, Brittany, we have enjoyed learning about you and about FOMO. Um, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. This was fun, and I'm so glad you guys enjoyed the bites. Yes, they were wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. 